0: This is Sean Carlson, and you're listening to the Three Count Podcast.
1: Welcome, everybody, now. to another great edition of the Three Count Podcast. Presents Now Entering the Ring, and, you know, like I always say, I'm your host, Clifford Red Dog and That's right, the man that leads you up this mountain called wrestling. But. As you guys know, you should be calling me your Sherpa, but like every good Sherpa, you got to have someone who's been there, done that, and can do it more efficiently than you can. And that's why it's never about me, it's about who's entering the ring. And today, our guest comes to us from 1CW, Fight Pro, BCW, ESPW. He is the booker, the co-founder, the runner, the owner, the everything that you need in a wrestling company. This is what this man does.
0: He is here with us, bringing in for Sean Carlson. Damn, man, that was like the best intro I've ever gotten in my entire life. <laughs> That's crazy. Man, I appreciate
1: it. Yo, but first, welcome to the show. Shotgun is definitely awesome having
0: you on, man. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Like, seriously, you know, you're my daughter's favorite wrestler, so. Oh, man, I appreciate that. <laughs> It's weird too because like I feel yeah, she's like a, I she's a really huge Clifford. <laughs> no, she's a huge Clifford fan, so as soon as she heard red dog, she just said dog dog the whole time you were in the ring. <laughs> That's awesome. It's, uh, and it's funny too because like once once people
1: like people ask me all the time, they're like, why did you name yourself Red Dog? I was like, well, my first name's Clifford, and it just it just clicks with everybody like immediately. So I'm like, yeah, I know. It's 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 wild. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean you gotta roll with it. I'm sure you heard that a lot
1: growing up, so Oh yeah. It was definitely it was definitely the high school thing and the elementary thing and the military thing. So it's it's been everywhere with me, man. But it's not about me, man. It's about you. So I need to know, man, who is Sean Carlson?
0: <laughs> um, man, that's a great question. I mean, you know, I'm just a simple dude who you know came up in the wrestling business you know how to actually I went like the opposite way in the wrestling business everybody else usually starts off wrestler and then when they get too old they're like I'll be a manager and then they're like oh I'll be a booker and I'll be an owner and I like did the exact opposite I started out owning and then booking and then managing and then trained to be a wrestler so it's crazy that is wild man and It's something I did
1: notice, like, when I was, like, doing research and stuff and asking questions about you and stuff. Like, seeing that you, like you said, you kind of went, like, the opposite way from what everybody else usually wants to do. I I thought that was very unique because it also gives you a different perspective on, like, the wrestler mindset.
0: Yeah, it definitely does. I mean, like, if I wish I could go back and and go to the start of everything I started doing – and tell myself everything I knew now it would be a totally different journey. But, I mean, we all have those. So I, I think, like, while some people have a perspective on wrestling because this is the way they went, I have the exact opposite perspective. So I look at the money and I look at stuff like that over looking at the wrestling part, I guess. Okay. Yeah,
1: yeah. And you're right. Like, I know it's funny because, like, I've seen how you guys have been doing business, right? And it's very like exciting to watch you guys do your thing, because like at some point, like like I see you and you're like getting you're getting all the wrestlers together and you're like talking to them behind the stage, and then at one another aspect you're like planning out a match, and then in another aspect I see you just like running like around so crazily. I'm was like, man, like this dude is just he is busy all the time. And then like you're talking about camera work, and then you're talking to. You know these guys about production. So I definitely, like I said, and then you have a knack for talking about the business and then or the sport, and you you just have this ability to kind of like, hey, we're gonna plan this match out really quick. All right, we're gonna talk about this, 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 and this. And then like on the back end, you see somebody else is handling some stuff, and you're like, all right, well, we're gonna do this, 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 and this. So it's it's kind of wild to watch you communicate in different languages, like with everybody to get everybody on the same
0: page. Yeah, and I think that's a hard part for a lot of guys in my position. They, they worry too much about their stuff or they worry not enough about their stuff. We're like, I'm more or less, I'm going to put myself in a position to succeed. So the guys I'm working with, I, I trust that they're going to, you know, go through with everything they say. So we call the match and, you know, I know I'll be there. And, and that's one of the first things I learned in training is, you know, if you do your job, and you're in the right position and the other guys in the right position, everything flows a lot smoother. And Don't worry about the other guys there. So I put myself in positions to uh, make sure that person knows he's in the right position to, to score a great match. And as long as we're good on that, I can go deal with everything else. And I think that's a a big difference when people put themselves in matches, they worry too much about the match. and Oh, I've got to get all my stuff in. No, I just got to know what you want from me and what story we're telling. So we can go through our stuff real good. Um, And then as far as like the production and everything, I'm constantly working on that, but, I go into it knowing what I want. So there's a lot of conversations happen before the show to where I just need to reiterate stuff. And I've got a great team behind me, you know, Tim Taylor stepped up big for me being an agent. So um, I expect him to start stepping up more and more for me. So we'll continue to see that. And we'll continue to see my, my role go away and and their guys roll step up more and more every time.
1: That's that's interesting though, man, like you said, like you kind of have to put in the hands of people who, you know, you can trust. And Tim is definitely one of those dudes. Like, I've met him, I just met him last year for the first time, um, actually with my trainer, Sikkim, and uh, yeah, I was like, dude, like, he's such a, like, down-to-earth dude, but he's definitely, like, focused, and it's it's good to have someone like that on your team. Yeah,
0: yeah that, and, and, like, my partner, Sean Hardy, like, we always say he handles the front, I handle the back, so he's got enough going on, so I don't need to be going to him every five minutes for this, that, and the third, so... It, it's pretty much a good working relationship we have that he handles all those people out there and he deals with all the bull stuff that goes on out there where we're more like centralized. So I only have to deal with workers, and then I hand that off to Tim, and Tim takes over and he can run it just as well as anybody. So Tim's really down to earth and he really knows stuff, so he, he's really smart at saying yes to And you know, I feel about things, so if he knows how I don't want it, he's not going to say yeah, go ahead just to appease the workers. He's going to appease me, and he's going to say, no, Carlson's not going to want that because, you know, this so-and-so is doing this later, so that's not going to make sense. Right. No, no, that's definitely good, though. So curious, man, like, what brought you
1: into the sport to begin with?
0: Uh, well, uh, funny enough, I uh, – I uh, so there's a – so actually, real funny, I live a quarter mile from where my journey started. Um which is funny if you really think about it, but uh, there was a show running at the Delaware Auto Exchange. It was 302 Pro Wrestling, and I had a wrestler take me. Uh, I actually took him, but a wrestler I talked to on the phone tried to start training me, um, and it just didn't go well. Um, I just didn't feel a good working relationship between me and that person. Me and that person are friends. That's why I won't name drop him because I like the guy, but he just wasn't a good – Uh, I wouldn't say he wasn't a good trainer, but he wasn't a good working relationship person. Like, I couldn't have a good working relationship with him. Um, And so, fast forward, I started going to more and more indie shows. Well, when I started going, I realized there was, like, a real need for podcasting. So, I actually started podcasting. It was Exposed Turned Podcast. And I started podcasting. And I ended up doing a podcast with an owner of a new company called Baltimore Championship Wrestling and i got done the conversation with him and it continued on after the show and we were talking just back and forth and i was like well you know you're not really doing that right you're not really doing this right you know i i know this business a little bit and i know you're completely off base so you can't do that and he said i'm looking for a partner and and we met the next day for breakfast and i bought into the company thanks that's awesome though man just like you know, it's, it's cool
1: to have a fresh vision from somebody on the outside to like, help you like turn things over and, and keep things going. So that's definitely cool that that was something that you were able to do for him.
0: Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And he, he was a nice guy. He just didn't, he didn't understand the wrestling business at all. No aspect of it. And he ended up, you know, he only lasted a year before he quit. And when he quit, I thought it was the end of my career as well in wrestling. And then, uh, just a few things fell in the right place, and I actually wasn't nowhere near the end. It was just the beginning.
1: That's awesome, though, and it is cool to see. Like even like with one CW, I know like we talked about it a few times. Like backstage, you guys were talking about how like you're vamping up, and you guys are getting ready to go live on TV. Stuff so like that. So it's definitely pretty. It's cool to see like the expansion of everything, and then just kind of be a part of that that growth. That definitely is really cool.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, like you just said, we're, we're getting on TV. We have a cable deal. It starts at the end of this month. Um, the channel launches soon, and then it'll be on every Saturday night, which is cool. So it gives us about a show and a half ahead. So that's cool. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, it's been a great development. I mean, when we started uh, the rebirth of 1CW, we weren't drawing well but now we're here we're drawing the best we've ever drawn we're we're sistered up with CCW and our TV deal came through and and we we're getting more and more fun. so just everything seems to be on an uphill trajectory so um keep grinding it out you know what i mean
1: yeah no doubt and it is cool because you did men- you mentioned CCW like it was definitely awesome to see a whole promotion just dedicated to women's wrestling right and i i've been telling people that haven't been watching wrestling for a while that you're not paying attention to women's wrestling you probably should be because it is by far like some of the greatest matches get put on and they're just amazing and women women are just super talented in the field right now so i was like you guys need to be paying attention to what's going on with the women's wrestling
0: yeah there's been a huge renaissance in women's wrestling um top to bottom in the last five years and it's cool to see them get the girls flourish i should say and You know, they had the idea of and, you know, come on and help out as much as possible. We were actually about to start a full-on women's division in 1CW. And um, it came to the point when we were discussing it that we CCW, and they were like, well, why don't we just joint run with you guys? And we were like, let's go. So it just worked out for the best. When we were about to start something, you know, they happened to be ready to start something bigger for themselves. And it all just kind of worked at the same time.
1: That's cool, though.
0: So, I'm curious man, you've been training, you've been in,
1: I've seen you work some matches and stuff. I just need to know man, what's been what's been the worst bump you've taken?
0: Um, so honestly, the worst bump I ever ta- I've ever taken was far before wrestling. I mean, wrestling like now, it was back when I first my first night managing. Um, I don't use names because it's a bad time, but um, I took a curb stomp from a person um, and they broke my front teeth out. So my front teeth are fake. Um, they didn't, I didn't hear it. So they, ca- they said they called it, but I didn't hear it. And I didn't turn my head fast enough because I didn't know what was going on. So um, broke my teeth on a tile floor in close to DC. It's called Bladensburg. So yeah. Yeah. Oh. That's been the worst ever taken. Damn. Man, yeah, that's intense. Like I and like, I don't uh, hold ill will to the guys, like Oh sorry.
1: Go ahead. You said you don't have no ill will.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I have no ill will to them. I mean I was fresh in the business and it was like they didn't mean to. Um it, it was just like one of the things that happened, especially now training, you know, you do you don't hear some things and then you just gotta go with the flow and I just didn't know how to react to it. So uh, a little bit on me being inexperienced. Um, but, you know, hey, things happen, and, and we know what the risk is going into it. So, But luckily, knock on wood, I've only blown my knee out once since losing my teeth, so, yeah.
1: Damn, getting all sorts of kind of crazy injuries. So then I'm just curious, man, like being in the ring, like what's been like one of the hardest hits you've taken?
0: Um, huh. uh, I did a frog splash, and the guy was was out of the way, and he didn't and he just turned over because he didn't think i could get that far and i had to land on my knees or else i was gonna like connect heads and i definitely connected heads with homeboy so i landed on my knees and i hurt my knee real bad i couldn't for like a week that's been the worst um other than that you know everything's everything's what you're used to you know what i mean you know how it is um but that's the worst i can think of is that It's, it's funny, though, because
1: we, like, we talk about, like, normal. Like, it's not, like, full transparency for people that are watching this. It's not normal to, like, want to just, like, fall and get thrown on your back. But, like, something that happens is that we just normally get thrown down. Like, I I look back at the video from 1ZW where I was just getting choke slammed by Asante. And, like, I had a lot of people come back to me and tell me, they're, like, did that hurt? I'm like, no, no worse than anything else I've taken. And I'm thinking to myself, like... That's not a normal response to people.
0: (laughs) It's funny you say that. I had the match with the Hitman for Hire, Mr. Grimm, at uh, Eastern Shore Pro Wrestling in December, and he did these punches to my ribs, and they were super loud. And, like, literally I was getting messages the next day, like, oh, your ribs good? I'm like, are they not supposed to be? Like, I mean, I was like, you know, at that point I was kind of selling. I was like, oh, yeah, they're messed up. But I'm like, oh they're not like everything's fine.
1: <laughs> and you think back to yourself and you're like, yeah, it's just a, so weird thing to just like, yeah, no, 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 no. Like I'm, I'm good. I'm good. And then you're like, am I though? <laughs> you have to like question yourself. I know. Cause like, uh, I, I've worked with some other people who've like stiffed me and then I'm like, yeah, I'm all right. And I'm thinking to myself any, any other time I'd be like, no, I'm not okay. <laughs>
0: Right, right. If somebody stiffs you, you're like, oh, they were just working. And then, like, afterward, you're like – Like, we had a training class one night, and me and another worker, we've had uh, we've had heat, I guess you should say. And uh, we started just doing a practice match, and he stiffed me, so I stiffed him back. And then the next thing you know, just uncalled for, we're just sitting there just stiffing the shit out of each other, just throwing punches. And then, like, we started grazing off, and we went back into our practice match. But uh, it was just funny because we're like – oh like we gained respect for each other so we're like oh yeah that's supposed to happen then like i'm thinking afterward, that was anybody else like if i was playing football back in high school and somebody punched me i'm gonna beat the hell out of this guy like no no but in wrestling it's like no that's normal it's okay
1: yeah it's totally good man like we're all okay it's 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 fine
0: (laughs) i'm cool it's normal
1: So I'm curious, man. Uh, Like when you get done with a show or you get done, like even with your match, right? Most wrestlers have it. So I'm just very curious. Do you have a post-match snack or post-match meal that you have to have?
0: Uh, Actually, funny enough, I don't, but I have a post-match drink. So I have to have a half a liter of water and I have to have two pieces of double mint. And I don't know why. (laughs) But I got two pieces of double mint and that half liter of water
1: <laughs> that's awesome it's funny because like I was telling people I was like uh like my my pre-ritual right hey yo next time that you catch up with me like you'll see me there's a bag of gummy bears always in my 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 bag so like whenever whenever someone asks me I'm always like popping gummy bears like I'll probably pop like 10 or 11 of them okay. in, and just get ready for my match but it started because like I didn't have a real ritual, and then like one night I was just popping gummy bears, and then like I I thought I had a I don't I didn't think I had a, like a really good match, but everybody else was like, dude, we really liked your match, and some people in the back were like, yo, you had a great match. I was like, okay, so I just kept popping gummy bears afterwards because I got superstitious. I was like, I cannot work a match without gummy
0: bears. <laughs> I respect it. I respect it. You know, you got to have that good luck charm. I made a – so, like, the first time that we
1: met right back – it was, like, November. Um, I, I made I made Noah go drive to the store and pick me up a pack of gummy bears because I was like, dude, I'm, I, I have to have this. And so, like, it, it worked out. <laughs> just, this is a debut. I need to go get gummy bears, dog. Go. <laughs> I did. I told him. I was like, you understand what's going to happen? I was like, we got to have this. So it was just – it was funny how it worked out. And then, you know, like I, I got a lot of messages afterwards about, like, the big choke slam spot and everything. So I thought it was pretty cool. And then, you know, that the next show I was at, there we are, another peg, just chilling out with me and so just popping gummy bears and talking to people. Yeah, so, man.
0: No, I, uh, I definitely loved you being in the ring with us. Like, it was great to have you. Seriously.
1: I appreciate that, man.
0: So I know – I
1: know we, we've been through like all these journeys and stuff like that. So I'm very curious, like, what's like one of the hardest lessons that you've had to learn being in the ring?
0: Uh, one of the hardest lessons for me to learn has got to be that, um, slow, like everything needs to be slow. And what I mean is like, you know, they say, if you're moving too fast, slow it down. Well, there for the longest time, like I just wanted everything to like, like, whatever I was doing, I was quick with it. Promos, everything. I was super quick with it. And I just didn't get that it wasn't registering to people because, you, know, you know, as a performer, when you're out there, it feels like everything is slow. Like, everything's taking forever, but it's not. Like, you know, you go out there and cut a promo, and you think what you – you know, your normal promo is a minute. And they're like, oh, you know, two-minute promo. So you go out there, and you cut it, and then, like, you look, and it's only been 45 seconds. So then you're scrambling – so um, that was like the first real lesson I learned is just to slow down, just slow everything down. Jeff Jarrett uh, taught me that. Actually, well, not like taught me that, but Jeff Jarrett was the one that really put it in my head when we worked together. Um, we had a spot and the workers wanted me to do the spot super quick. And Jeff was like, no, pause, take the time in, let the crowd see what you're about to do. Because if not, if you just do it quick and the crowd really doesn't see it and let it marinate, they don't, they're not going to care as much. And I was like, all right, cool. And so that was like my real big, okay, slow sh- stuff down moment.
1: Yeah, it's fine. Don't worry. You can curse all you want on this show. Like, it, it's oh, okay. okay. I deal. didn't know. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's something that, <laughs> yeah, yeah like, it's, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely an eye lesson to, uh, it's a, it's an eye thing to watch and it's like an ear thing. To, like you got to hear because like, I, I, a lot of people hear that all the time that like, if you're working fast, slow down. And if you think you're working slow, go slower because like, and you're right when you're out there, man, like people have to see what you're doing. And I, I genuinely, I started understanding that probably like eight months into like my training. And I, I started like, I work with everybody now. Like, and I keep telling people like, yo, just slow down, stop moving so fast. Let's cruise. Let's have some fun with this. Like, because in, and you're right. Like we, um, something like it was, it was something that house sick and brought it up to me. Right. Was that, uh, you go into an arm ringer, then you go into a, to a hammer lock and then you go into a headlock and then you take them over and then you go for a pin. The crowd didn't register nothing. They just registered. They saw you on their feet and now you're on your back. And it's like, you know, take your time, mm-hmm. work on that.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I think that's a big issue for a lot of people is they don't know how to slow, slow it down. And they just want to fire, 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 especially with the new age of wrestling. We're in that the, the, the you know, you got to be quick and you got to be agile and you got to do all this stuff. A lot of guys don't realize, slow it down. Like, even on TV, you'll see a lot of guys going way too quick and you're like, whoa, what just happened? You know, it's kind of like a car wreck. Like, oh, it's cool to watch and it's cool to see, but you don't register it. You know what I mean? That's how I feel it is anyway.
1: Yeah, I definitely, I definitely agree. I definitely agree with that a lot. Um, so let me ask, man, and, they, and we actually, we're going to have this, so full transparency to people too as well. We were gonna do this interview a couple weeks ago, but you were you were training. So I'm very curious. Like, what kind of advice would you give to up and coming wrestlers?
0: Um, get trained the correct way. Um, number one, and that's like go with somebody that's actually gonna put time in and respect your time as well. Um, that's you know number one. A lot of people just want to go train somewhere and they learn wrong. Uh, basics are a huge thing and footwork is a huge thing. Don't let somebody over, you know, run that just so that way you can start bumping. I mean, we had a new student, uh, he started about a month ago and he just started taking bumps, you know, today. And he's been here for about a month and it's because there's so much more you need to learn before you just need to learn to bump. Bumping is something that we all learn, but there's so much footwork and stance and, and you know, rolls and everything that you need to get there, you need to learn beforehand and I think uh, a lot of people just want to do bumps and do cool stuff and body slam people because they they think that, oh, well, you know, I can do this now, so I, I'm, I'm learning. Well, you're not. You need to learn, you know, everything before that. And I think that's a big thing that, that you should research into your training is how fast do we get into that stuff. You know what I mean? Um, I think that's where a lot of things get lost because guys will come in, they'll learn how to body slam on day one, and then... Here they are three weeks later, and they haven't learned another move. They just know to throw a body slam. And they're learning all this boring stuff, like chain, like footwork, like rolls, like, you know, all this. And now all of a sudden they're burned out because they only got to slam that guy one time. And, you know, I think you should put the carrot in front of them that, hey, you need to learn this before you can do this. It's kind of like the crawl before you walk thing. And a lot of guys just want to start running right out of the gate. So um, patience is a huge thing for any beginning kid, and they need to know that.
1: I like that a lot. I like that. So y'all heard it, right? Patience. Like learn it. Okay. If you can't learn it, just keep working on it because you will learn it. And especially in this in this sport, like patience is
0: everything. You gotta like be calm, man. <laughs> you know, you gotta you gotta sit back and you gotta know that your time's coming. You gotta know your opportunities are coming. And there's gonna be people that pass you that, you know, might not have been in as long as you and they're gonna pass you and you're going to get irritated and you're going to hate it like why well, does that guy get an opportunity but day you got to know that your time's coming and you got to be patient with it
1: yeah i know i, I have a bunch of friends who who have been in like 15 to 20 plus years and they're still just like we're just going to keep chugging away and keep plugging away cuz and they know that there's other people who are like getting getting into the in the sport faster and they're getting you know they're getting more opportunities but they're like I'm just going to keep chugging away, and I'll get there when I get there. So I, I think that's a very cool cool thing to let people know. Like, hey, this thing takes time, and you got to just keep cruising at it. Um, So, you know, you are the booker. You are the person. So you could definitely attest to something like this. And I just need one do and one don't of the locker room.
0: Uh, Do. Show up. Be prepared to do whatever you're asked. If you're like, oh, I really want to get on this company, show up and help them do whatever. And I guarantee you in two to three times after showing up, you're going to get a better position. Um, They might ask you to rip tickets. They might ask you to do security. Whatever they're going to ask you to do, they're trusting that you're going to learn this process. And then they're going to move you ahead. A lot of people get lost in the idea that, oh, I show up and I'll do security and that's all I'll ever do for them. No, that's at least in my book, that's not true. You show up and you help out. That puts you ahead of every single person that messages me asking for spots. No matter how great their work is, you showing up and helping out puts you ahead of them in getting positions. Um, I always go back to Jason Andrews because he is my favorite example. Jason started showing up um, at his training and started showing up to help out. And I put him on security. And he took the most of it. Well, then one time I had somebody miss out. I put Jason right in the spot. Jason's been wrestling every show ever since. Since Jason's done that, I I can guarantee you I've had about 200 messages from different wrestlers that I haven't given the opportunity to. But because Jason did that, he's gotten the opportunity. Um, first title he ever won, I put him over for it. Um, like, I personally put him over for it. it was It's a long story of why it was me, but uh, I personally did it. Um, so a do is always show up. If you want to be somewhere, show up and help the team because they will help you later on. It might not be instant gratification but they will know that you were able to put time and effort into their company. So they will put time and effort into you. Do not, do not. And I cannot express this so much. Do not be in a locker room drinking or smoking. Like I get it. We all have our vices. We all have, you know, whatever. But if you are literally impairing yourself before show that you're on, you are putting another person's life in jeopardy. A. so do not do that. Or If you're doing an after show, there are other people still performing like you can wait until the show is over. And if you can't, then you need to go see something because you have an issue bigger than that. We are still a professional environment. And if you wouldn't do this at your real job, you shouldn't do it here. If you're smoking weed at your job. Hey, like some jobs are different. Hey, like, you know, go ahead, whatever. But you shouldn't do it in our job unless you've cleared it with the owner drinking. You you definitely probably aren't drinking at your real job unless you're a bartender. But still, you should clear it with the owner. Like, hey, man, is it cool if I have a beer in the locker room? Yeah, go ahead, man. That's cool. I usually don't argue with people about that because we're all here to have a good time. At the end of the day, that's what we're all here for. But the fact that you can just do it is definitely a no. Like, there should be a conversation with the booker. And then at that point, you're on good terms with the booker that you're even asking that because I wouldn't have the balls to ask any booker that. So uh, that's my big do is don't bring anything – in the locker room like that and definitely don't do it. It's just a disrespect thing.
1: No, I like that. I like those a lot. So you guys here, okay, patience, do the job, and then, you know, don't be that guy. (laughs) Yeah,
0: don't be that guy.
1: (laughs) Well, those are all my heavy-hitting questions, so the only thing I need from you is to let our viewer. – I'm sorry, we are missing out. So those are all my heavy-hitting questions, but we got to get into the second-best segment of the 3-Count Podcast. People ask me what's the first. I tell them it's the Red Dog's power rankings that you can find on our debate shows. But this is the 3-Count Podcast, 10-Count Questions. And, Sean, this is how it works. I'm going to fly off 10 questions at you, rapid fast. Whatever's your answer, that's your answer. Okay. (laughs) All right. So we're going to put on the imaginary timer for ad pressure. Bing! And here we go. SmackDown or Raw. Smackdown. Favorite movie? Tombstones. Nice. Early Bird or Night Owl?
0: I'm an early bird, man. I don't know what it is, but I'm an early bird. <laughs> Favorite color? Uh, blue. PlayStation
1: or Xbox? I'm an Xbox guy. Favorite super villain?
0: I have to go... oh God, what's his name? Oh I'm I'm not really big on superheroes, but uh I wanna say it's like cue ball or something. He was in uh he was in Daredevil and now he's in uh in Spider Man or Hawkeye or something, they were telling me. Yeah, that's uh oh, that's Kingpin. Uh, that's... Yeah, yeah. Kingpin! That's it, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right. So <laughs> now that you're a big superhero person, but we're gonna ask this question anyway, Batman or Superman?
0: So I gotta go with Superman because Batman's just a rich guy with a lot of toys. <laughs> All right. So next question: favorite podcast? Uh, the Three Count podcast. I think you can find it like right here or something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, nominate one person that you want to see on this podcast. Um, you know, there's a a, a good guy. That's up I wouldn't say he's up and coming, but he's he's coming through and his name's Sam Thompson and he's somebody who I really have a lot circled around. He's a good kid. He works really hard, he travels a lot, and uh, him and his girlfriend Val, they travel everywhere and I just I, I think the world of a man. Um I first met him when he was getting yelled at by a vet um for something that he had no business being yelled at. And I like literally pulled him aside and gave him some encouraging words and then actually ended up booking him for the whole year. And I just think – I think the world of him. I think he's a hard worker, and he shows – he's one of the first ones to show up every show to help out, and he's one of the last ones to leave. So I have mad respect for him.
1: Awesome, awesome. And then last but not least, my favorite question to ask every single person that comes on this show, favorite curse word?
0: Oh, uh, it's definitely um, cunt.
1: <laughs> nice. <laughs> Every once in a while, you just gotta drop that word. You I love let that people know.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it's not used. It's not used a lot, but when it's used, I know that I'm in a bad mood and get out of the way.
1: <laughs> bad. Well, those are all my questions that I have. So I just need you to let our viewers and our listeners know where they can find you.
0: Well, I'm on Facebook, Sean Carlson, uh, Twitter at Shotgun Carlson, and TikTok. Carlson money because that doesn't get changed because the TikTok's weird algorithm. So I'm still on my old me on TikTok, but you can find me anywhere. Bet. There you guys have it. You heard the man himself. He gave you his
1: socials. He told you where you can find him. So what does that mean? We got to take this home because this is the three count podcast presents now into the ring. And like I said, I'm your host, Clifford Red Dog Miller. That's right. The man that leads you up this mountain called wrestling, but As I've said before, you should be calling me a Sherpa. But like every good Sherpa, you got to have someone who's been there, done that, and can do it more efficiently than you can. And that's why it's never about me, but it's about who's entering the ring. You see him right here next to me. He is the man, the myth, the legend, the booker, the promoter, the manager, the wrestler. If you need him to do a job, he will do that job for you. Sean Carlson, so you guys know what to do, tune into the next episode and be there. Or you just wait for that outro and you choose another episode to listen to. Peace. What's going on, 3 Count Nation? I'm Clifford Red Dog Miller with the catchphrase. Well, what I really want to do right now, go to twitter.com, right? Go over there. Find us at the 3Count underscore pod. Give us a follow. Give us a like. Give us a comment. We want to talk to you guys. Go to IG at the 3CountPod. Give us a like. Give us a follow. Leave us a comment. We want to interact with you. Go to YouTube.com. Give us a subscribe. Turn the bell on. Turn on notifications. Leave a comment. We want to talk to you. Go to Anger.fm forward slash the three count podcast. And in there, you can leave us a message and we will talk to you. Basically, what I'm trying to tell you is that we want to talk to you. We want to have fun with you guys and we love listening to what you guys have to say. Also, one thing I need you to do for me. The three count podcast also has merchandise. Oh. ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash 50 Please go buy our t-shirts.
0: We love you guys, and we hope you love us too. So show some support, please.